This podcast is sponsored by Hey You, which is the home of the Housewives, with all episodes and all seasons of The Real Housewives available to watch whenever you like over on Hey You. You can even start a free trial right now if you head to heyyou.com. And after that, it is only $5.99 a month, which is like the price of a coffee with no commitments. You can cancel whenever you want. December is here. And if you're feeling like you need some festive vibes, Hey You has your back. For the first time ever, I'm so excited about this. We have a new Christmas movie inspired by the Housewives franchise and starring Kyle Richards, of course, of Housewives of Beverly Hills. The real Housewives of the North Pole. I can't. I can't. I've heard great things about this. I've heard about it. I think they filmed it in Salt Lake City, which is sort of a Housewives crossover too. Very excited to watch that. It will be exclusively on Hey You from Friday the 10th of December, getting you in the festive spirit. And if you just need more new Housewives in December, okay, I'm excited to tell you this. The Real Housewives of Orange County returned to Hey You from Thursday the 2nd of December with Heather Dubrow in the mix. That's going to be amazing. And, and finally, after years of waiting, the Real Housewives of Miami are returning. I want the heat from the Miami Housewives to lift my spirits this December. It is all happening on Hey You. Check out heyyou.com now for your free trial. And after that, it's only $5.99 a month. Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. I hope you're doing well. It's basically like Christmas season now, which feels very weird. I'm I'm focusing on Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip to get me through the current weirdness, to be honest with you. And that will hopefully kind of come up more in interviews on the show in the coming weeks. I know that I kind of recorded stuff before that dropped, so I feel like Myself and the guests have yet to get into it, but I I promise you there'll be more chats about it coming soon. Very excited for you to hear today's episode with my pal, Sanyel Sanabia, who I've just known for years via social media and has always had like great takes and thoughts on housewives and pop culture in general. And he is releasing a podcast called We're Trying, which is coming out later. Well, actually kind of early next year, which I'm excited to hear. So I thought, why not have a podcast chat now with someone who watches all the American shows and in the international ones is someone who has always stand Miami, which I wanted to get into because that is coming back to screens in just a few weeks, which is very exciting. And we got to have a really cool conversation about Housewives in New York. I know he was really keen to talk about that as well. I should say too, I was a guest on another podcast recently that you should definitely check out. I had a blast. I spoke to Mandy Sutsker on the podcast, Is This Real Life? The episode that I'm on has just been released. I will link to places that you can listen to it in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to Mandy for having me on. And she asked me, uh, who would I have on a, a Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip style series? So it was kind of like the dinner party question I asked my guest, but I got to answer it. I have to say, it's tricky. I have a newfound... <laughs> empathy with my guests now I will keep that in mind for future interviews so that podcast is called Is This Real Life and you can check it out wherever you get your podcasts so without any further ado let's get right into it here is Sanyal Sanabia on Housewives and Me My guest today is a social worker based in New York City and one half of the soon-to-be-launched podcast called We're Trying and legitimately one of my favorite people on social media. Sanyel Sanabio, welcome to Housewives and Me. Hi. I'm very excited to get into it today because you are someone who, to my mind, has been like on the Housewives beat for like truly for all time. So I think we have a lot of ground to cover. Is that what I portray that I've like been <laughs> I don't feel that way, but sure. You're like, who, me? <laughs> Basically. 
<laughs> well, let's uh, start at the beginning. I'm so curious. How did you get into Housewives? Um, hmm. I mean, you know, like I was on gay Twitter trademark symbol for a really long time <laughs> and yes. um there was always like the memes washing up and you know like i had the at the beginning the who gon check me boo gifts were mm-hmm. always popping up and um scary island and stuff like that but um it wasn't until atlanta season three actually that i caught on that was my first sort of welcome mat into this chaos um i remember i still lived at home in florida and my parents cable box used to be set to turn on on bravo and i don't know why that was i think whoever came to set it up fucked up but um so you know you turn the tv on and you would always change it but one day they were airing a movie because back then they didn't have original content as much original content i I think Mm -hmm. um so i guess i was interested in the movie that they were airing and i watched it and right after they reran an atlanta episode and it was cynthia's mother's day party in season three Oh, wow. Don't know if people know this. It's actually a very understated, iconic Atlanta episode. And I'm very happy that that's what like ushered me in. Because in this episode, there is so much going on at a simple, like, very small Mother's Day luncheon. Um, Mainly (laughs) that Phaedra is lying about her due date and about conception. Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> so funny. Like, I mean, and there's like all these moments of like Peter being really abusive to Cynthia, which if you don't know the end of that relationship, you might not pick up on that. But I've gone back to watch it and I'm like, ew, he was always awful to her. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so just these things that I think if you are an Atlanta fan, it's a really good episode to go back and watch. It's like good archival footage. Um, but mainly, yeah, um, Mimi questioning Phaedra about her due date and all of the women being like, are you sure you can have a child at six months? Isn't that unsafe? <laughs> I, f- I forgot about that. And she was so like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, it's that's what I'm doing. And they were like, that's not quite how pregnancy works, love, but okay. <laughs> she like keeps contradicting herself and, and lands on the fact that the reason it's happening is that the baby is like sitting on her bladder and causing internal bleeding, which like I've looked this up <laughs> and that's not a thing. She just completely made it up. Oh God, like, you know, I didn't love the way Phaedra left and I'm with Candy in terms of like, fuck you. But when she was good, she was good. Like when she had her moments, she really had her moments. Absolutely. And I'm honestly, like that cast is really perfect for someone who hadn't been a fan of the Housewives. Um, They were all sort of different forms of each other, um, which I think is sometimes the best kind of cast, right? Like, because then they see parts that they hate about themselves in other people and that causes conflict and then we have great television. So um, yeah, it was Atlanta in 2012 or 2013, whenever season three aired. So that's an early season of one of the biggest shows. So did that kind of spur you on to like go and watch the rest of them? How did you end up kind of with a broader broader housewives kind of viewing habits? No, I just watched Atlanta for the longest time. Um, and then I think Jersey... I think maybe the christening, um, because again, being on Twitter with all these gay people, there was always like live <laughs> tweeting happening. And I guess you 
back then live tweeting shows was a bigger deal because streaming wasn't a thing, right? So we would um, live tweet so many shows together. And I was such a loser in this like small town in Florida. Like to me, most of the connections I had were with gay people on the internet. So if they were doing it, I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And eventually, yeah, it was Atlanta, Jersey, then New York, and then the order sort of gets confusing. But I did go back and slowly watch them all throughout the last 10 years. So yes, um, that's how it started. It's so funny that it was kind of that like online community because I do think that like whenever anyone goes into the housewives, even via one show, there is a sense of, I have to talk to people about this. And sometimes like the internet is the best place because you're like, if I put the hashtag on it, someone will tell me what they think. Like, because it does invite so much discussion. Right, right. And I think with those shows, at least at first, now it's such a monster that it, I don't mm. feel so alone in liking it. I think with those shows, there was like a weird, um, like I know what kind of person you are if you're watching this show and now we can be friends, right? Like I've done the mm-hmm. sort of, I vetted you as a person <laughs> if you watch, if you enjoyed a table flip on reality TV. So it really does bring you closer and it still happens. Like I've dated, I fully had full relationships with boys just because we bonded on Real Housewives. Oh my God, that gives me so much hope. I'm updating my Tinder profile right after this. I mean, they haven't worked out, so don't get excited. But no. <laughs> You're like, I'm not with them now. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> well, okay, that's that's a good point. Um, okay, we have so many cities that are kind of popping off at the moment, and there's kind of one big city I know you want to talk about as well, but let's go to the one that's as we're talking on it just wrapped up and the reunion has just finished Beverly mm-hmm. Hills which has had like this big season in terms of ratings and the conversation around it too like yeah. it's felt like a landmark season I'm mm-hmm. curious for you I'm guessing you've kind of watched it for a while so what did you make of this season I am someone who has never quit a Real Housewife season halfway through if I started it of course um and Beverly Hills season eight I want to say um they kind of blur eight and nine blur together because I hated them so much I fully mm-hmm stopped halfway it was so boring i didn't even watch the reunion i thought that there was no way that they could come back like it was the season where like the biggest drama was that erica left the girls trip to sleep at a hotel and like teddy was mad at her or something and then she'd be like i was on my period okay and it was like oh that bullshit it was why are we talking about this i have two things to say about that i think that that season made me um become of the school that overproduction is not bad um i would rather an overproduced disaster that is transparent than a boring season because that was painful to watch like i don't care that much about your actual at home lives it's cute but like that's not why we're tuning in so that's the long end like the sort of prelude to the answer, which is that I am so proud they bounced back. This has been the best season. (laughs) It took four years, but here we are. And like, thank you, Erica Jane, for being a disaster because (laughs) it was so fun to watch. Truly. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was kind of firing on all cylinders. And obviously they had this completely unpredictable story play out, but also it did feel like they'd all kind of warmed up maybe because it was COVID and they'd nothing else to do it felt like a few of them were like well it's all I have going on it's getting me out of the house so they all were a bit Mm -hmm. more awake ironically yeah I think maybe also because California was hit maybe just as hard as New York was and as someone who was in New York during the brunt of it it does feel like the California ladies dealt with it better um 
I wonder if it's because they have backyards. I don't know. Like, because you were supposed to only film outside, right? And New York filmed in the winter. So that was impossible to do outside, right? Unless you were going to have them all in like 50 layers every time they got together. (laughs) So I think the reason that Beverly Hills worked out isn't just that they got to focus on Erica. It's that they have like literal, they literally have outside space. Where were most of the fights, right? Like the fight at Lisa Rinna's backyard with the um, ugly leather pants, the, the stuff in the desert with Erica, Garcelle and Crystal, like all of the good moments were outside. You're right. And also, I, I have thought that too, that they've benefited from, even if they're filming indoors, they're in the homes of talent. So they can kind of control who's coming in and out. They can test everybody because obviously they would have shot before vaccination was like widespread, even in the US. So like, yeah, they had big homes, big back gardens and like, you know, these like it's and even if they went away somewhere, they could go somewhere and they could sort of have it to themselves. Whereas I think in New York, you were so aware of how little space they had mm-hmm. on Beverly Hills. You were like, finally, these big homes serve a purpose right. and it's to be a set for this television show. Right. And I think that like this is a little superficial and cliche to say, but I love the fashion on these shows. And mm-hmm. they were able to still wear the designer dresses and the this and the that. Like in New York, they were like. In fucking parkas, like what you know, it was really depressing to watch New York this year. But um, I have a question. You said that it was a an unpredictable storyline. Don't you think that this is actually the most predictable Erica Jane storyline ever? Well, I mean, I think the marriage had felt like it was in a bad place for a while, and I think all of them, well, not all of them, a lot of the women, it does feel like their wealth is perhaps, well, I mean, you could go super socialist and argue all their wealth is inherently problematic or, or gross mm-hmm. or whatever, but like a few of them, right. it felt really like a few of them had made their name or had money that either they didn't have or they gotten through ill-gotten means. No, I'm saying that's what it feels like. I'm not saying that's the case, obviously, but with Eric, right. so in a way you could say, oh, it was going to happen to one of them, but I just think the twists and turns and how involved mm-hmm. or not involved she was implied to be and how right. how it played out in the show did feel unpredictable because they had to I don't think on Beverly Hills I've ever reacted to something in real time that way it felt You're very right. like the Kardashians where it's like mm-hmm. oh we find out this week this thing about Chloe and we'll see how they all mm-hmm. react when they find out like that felt new new for them I think that's what saved them because you're right. I think for the most part, they are very rehearsed because most of them have been in the business for a long time. So they know Mm -hmm. how to, you know, sort of be good PR for themselves. And that's kind of why Beverly Hills fell off for me. I think that they are like, when I think of like Potomac, Potomac is so great because they are round the way girls. They are not, you know, like big stars that have a history of like media training and all these things. And so Beverly Hills kind of fell to the wayside because of that but you're right they couldn't not react to this in real time and that's what made this a good season but who knows how much longer that'll last i i do think because we've now had the reunion and we know they're back filming a couple weeks like i think this season is going to be so hard to pin down because now they all know quite a bit about erica and she's sort of stated her case and so now how they all react to her is going to be so different because before there was a lot of oh no you need to wait and see us find out that information on the show and it was like oh okay well now i'm like well you kind of know everything now so like where do Mm -hmm. you like i don't see crystal and erica really being friends i know they sort of made up at the end as part Mm -hmm. four but i don't see them really being friends going forward like i think she i think 
crystals more work ourselves certain oriented mm-hmm. now it would seem yeah no i agree with that i think so i saw somewhere that they're filming with a new woman and mm-hmm. i can't imagine that they're going to have an eight housewife cast so my theory is that erica's getting demoted because you're right what is she what is she doing what is she bringing <sighs> no i think if anything they they would possibly well I would have said before the burglary that happened that Dorit will get friend of now. I don't Mm -hmm. want to sound like I'm being mean-spirited, but it is possible too that maybe Dorit, who said she's gone back to work to take her mind off it, she might want to step back because she's just spent years on the show showing off her family life in her home and her home was invaded. So I could understand if maybe... So we'll see. I could see them doing eight people only... Well, maybe this new person's a friend of. We don't know. But I like that they have a big cast either way because you just need that because then people can bounce off of each other. And if you've seen with two or three people, it doesn't feel yeah. like people are missing because it's, oh, it's only a third of the cast because the other third are over here. Like, right. So we'll see. I mean, I right. put 12 women in. I don't care. Cast everybody. I, I agree. <laughs> I honestly think bigger casts are always better. I think back mm. to be- New York being depressing this year, there were five women. Like, right. We had already lost the extra housewife, which is the city. So of mm. course this was depressing with just five, <laughs> you know? So I agree. Have eight, have nine. I don't care if they don't fit in the title called card, just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like one person popping their head back. I'm here too. <laughs> uh-huh. You can't even see what she's holding. she just sticks her head in between two people's shoulders and goes hey girls (laughs) i'm so fascinated by the um and i haven't read the the new book the diamonds and rosé one but um Mm -hmm. i'm so fascinated by what happens when they shoot the title card and how like i've heard that some of them refuse to hold the diamond or whatever or the apple to the side they all want to be center oh Um, yeah 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 you know so to our point and making that joke like no one would allow that like no one would be the 10th housewife peeking their head out they are all (laughs) such egomaniacs they would never allow it yeah i always wonder because people love to be like oh blah 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 center but diamond and it's like sure but by the same token i don't know i i think sometimes well i mean we know that the reunion seating is significant so i guess the title card is significant but like I'm, this is why I would never be a reality star. I'm like, I'll hold the apple whatever angle you want. I wouldn't even think about that. Whereas, you know, there's people who are like, I'll hold it in the middle. You can figure the rest out. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you say that, and I think they were all very humble at first. But once you sort of start, this like impacts your life in the way that it does to them. I mean, they film for like four months out of the year, right? And then the yeah. other the other time while it's airing, they're working, promoting it and stuff. So I would low-key, like I'm not, like that but i'd be like y'all better not put me on the end i'm giving too much of this <laughs> so i can't kind of get You're, it <laughs> you'd be holding the, the apple at a slight angle like i'll do a, a 90 degree angle but i'm not turning it the full way <laughs> i would definitely be the person talking to whoever edits the credits and be like can two of us be in the center though because you know i bought a lot of shit this year and that's happened too i think atlanta has done that before yeah some shows it's like they sort of share it so we're talking about we're kind of talking around erica because she was such a big factor but where do you land in her story and her kind of role in the show now um it's actually been a kind of back and forth for me Mm -hmm. i don't really know so of course we didn't believe her at first when we got the the LA Times article and then we got the documentary on Hulu and all that. We were all like, this is hella fishy. 
I don't know anymore if I think that she's guilty. I, after the reunion particularly, not the show, because the show obviously was edited to create more conflict mm-hmm. and more more distrust in all the women. And But in the reunion, like, I just kind of realized that she's just a narcissist. <laughs> and narcissists are not capable of, like, understanding what to do in a situation like this. All they do is center themselves. And yeah. centering yourself in a situation like this makes you look guilty to people, even if you aren't. Yeah, and the sort of, I mean, I, I was interviewing someone else for the show recently, and I I kind of just said on some level I think it's a weird form of protection where if she really allowed herself to think about the other people who are hurt well sorry not the other people but like people who have you know allegedly been let down by Tom and his his misdeeds or whatever I think it would really break her and so she's gone so further into this like hard-ass drag queen pop star mm-hmm. energy and it just feels so tone deaf because we're like I don't even think you believe this anymore you know even earlier in the reunion when someone else would be talking and she'd be like huh, I showed up too it's like uh-huh. what are you doing like no, yeah. literally nobody asked yeah she was I think she was a little um medicated during this reunion by the way like I feel there was a lot of like erratic kind of manic moments <laughs> Um, mm. where she jumped into stuff that had nothing to do with her, that in another year she would have never done. Um, and I can't remember what it was. I think it was the Lisa and Garcelle discussion in part one. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. She kind of chimed in. I was like, this truly, you don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah. Well, she doesn't see Serena. Not to call these Serena a dog, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. basically... She was, like, sticking up for her, her only real friend on the cast, it would seem. Right. And I think that was sort of maybe the bureaucracy that they have of, like, you stuck up for me and you're the only one. So let me, like, very sloppily jump in here, right? And, like, the editors did mm. not do a good job of making her look better. I don't know if they wanted to, but they didn't. And, um, yeah, I was like, girl, are you on benzos or something? Like, this is stressful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pop a nine one one. I'm like Lady Gaga here, guys. Do you mind if I take a little pill? <laughs> like basically, and don't they feed them alcohol? Like she probably did that and drank. You know, when Garcia was like, I had a shot of tequila. Maybe Eric was like, Me too, girl. <laughs> Possibly, and that's exactly how she talks too. That's a really good Erica voice. <laughs> I totally stole that impression from the people. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like now that we've had four episodes of her stating her case, some things do feel a bit more clear, but she's still not, like, even when she said the stuff about the victims, I feel like they all went, that's what we've waited months for you to say. And she was like, oh, it's like, yeah, we've, like, even Dorit was like, but you didn't actually say that six months ago. And Mm -hmm. I think she, I I think she really didn't clock until Andy kind of grilled her a bit. Like, oh, this is what the audience have wanted for me. Because it's easy to go on social media and just call everyone a hater. But I think Mm -hmm. in that room, when Andy has clearly read the tone of the audience, I think most of the women go, oh, that's where I am on the show now. I need to actually realize that. But I do think that there's like a little bit of misogyny here. And, And by here, I mean like from the public, from Andy, like from everyone. I do think that like, sure. Like I said, she's a narcissist and she went on Instagram and said, fuck everyone. I'm Helen of Troy, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I do think that she, we, are, we are judging this person much more harshly because she's a woman. And I think we have to sort of examine that. Um, what I believe happened now that I have sort of unpacked that for myself is that she left him because he was abusive. I do think it was mm-hmm. a coincidence that this happened right after. Or, or maybe there was like bits and pieces of it 
the of the beginning happening and that's the straw that broke the camel's back for her and she was like you're gonna be abusive to me and you're about to fall apart nah boo i'm out so i do Mm. believe that and i also believe that some of the things we found out about she found out about with us i yeah i have i do think one thing like because i don't i don't want to go like to give erica credit i do think tom's decline and his mental state is i think that's a real thing that's happened and it's Mm -hmm. easy to kind of cynically go oh he's doing that to get off scot-free because it's kind of like well at the age he's at anyway even if they throw him behind bars he'd be in prison for what 10 years max like he's not gonna whatever like his age is a huge factor in Mm -hmm. whatever punishment he's going to receive anyway but i i do think that piece around his mental state is valid in a way and i have a feeling she probably gets an idea of some stuff maybe just before we do like she's kind of talking around this la times article and saying well i don't get a heads up which is not true because the la times that we reached out to her publicist and her manager what she's maybe saying is like i wasn't told directly which either means she's lying and downplaying the bog standard request that every mm-hmm. big publication puts in or the people around her didn't tell her maybe to protect her which is right. a, i would argue an error in judgment but like th- that side of it and the kind of it's hard for me too you know it's like we're not saying it's not hard to be in your position but it's just that thing of you realize and the way they've t- talked about money in this season has been so interesting it's like when you're at that level of spending and wealth like it's hard not to be the quote-unquote main character whereas we as like regular people watching are like okay you're like you're part b of this horrible tragic story for us like you're not the lead in our Mm -hmm. perception of it right right well and again because she's a narcissist there's no way that that's her inner monologue at all you know right right. i'd love to know what her inner monologue is (laughs) i mean i think i think we got it at the reunion she genuinely believes that she is the victim of this um and she verbally when when called out about that says that she doesn't see herself as a victim but like you fully think that you're the victim and again in a patriarchal world it kind of does end up falling on the wife especially in a situation like this like he is you're right yeah. how will he be punished he's about to die anyway like he's on and his she's kind of said that too she's like i'm 50 like i have my you know she's another 30 40 years at least ahead of her mm-hmm. like i know what you mean i think there is a strand of like she deserves to be asked questions and face pushback but Mm -hmm. we do go extra hard on the woman in these cases so like being able to step back from that part and go okay but also the way you handle this this and this is trash like but i know what you mean because sometimes i do think like the way people go so hard at her and ignore tom or Mm -hmm. just the assumption that like well she must be in cahoots with tom Mm -hmm. i don't know that like that side of it how much the lawyers are telling her like i mean i do think the most interesting thing is probably how much she she was told to say like even when Mm -hmm. she said on the show recently like oh my lawyers didn't like me saying that and i probably shouldn't say this because i'll get into trouble Mm -hmm. like she's playing such a strange game because she needs to show for money and she'll probably, I'm sure, if she's full-time this season, we'll get season coming. She'll get a bonus. She'll, she'll make more money. But, yeah, like, right. she's also, like, shooting herself in the foot in so many ways. We'll see. If she has to go to court and answer for everything, like, that's going to be insane. I mean, they've, they've subpoenaed the footage, didn't they? I read that somewhere. Yeah, I think so, which I'm also like. She will. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. Just sign up to Peacock. I'm, I'm going to join a cable subscription for Bravo TV and just get to work. <laughs> Speaking of which, Andy Cohen was on The View the other day, and Sunny Hosted said to him, they, they're subpoenaing the footage, so how is she going to get her way out of this? And Andy made this awful face at her and sort of did the typical TV host thing and changed topics. Um, and I don't I don't know how this affects him but he got upset about this and it was really fun to watch oh I saw that and for like just for people here like The View is a big 
the US daytime talk show and it's very like politics driven and they talk about pop culture and Sonny Hostin's a great journalist but also I think a former prosecutor or lawyer which she's a strong legal background because mm-hmm. she was and she's in the Housewives and Hustler talking about the case so she I think she knows quite intimately how this has played out publicly so I saw that and you could see him kind of being like this woman is really good at talking about the law and right. this is my I can't really get into this but she was like right. well 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 Mr. Cohen it looks like one of your stars is <laughs> yeah 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 I think he saw what he saw in that moment was like if this bitch gets me to say something and I have to fire Erica because she becomes a liability, we have no ratings next year. Like, it is his meal ticket, so. Can you imagine if, like, it goes to court and all the cast members have to go and, like, testify? Could you imagine? Probably. I mean, look at all the shit she revealed this year (laughs) on camera. like Lisa Rinna in the witness stand just doing a monologue just thinking she's on Broadway in Chicago like I just uh, oh your honor your honor um you look fabulous uh I don't remember anything sorry please. and then just go I swear under oath oh I, I swear <laughs> Lisa and them wigs baby <laughs> oh please what is wrong with those wigs and what is wrong with her yeah I don't know why she's rocked that hairstyle as long as she has like but I prefer to the wigs the wigs are starting to become like almost creepy because she's so reliant to them in a way that doesn't feel like you know in Atlanta and Potomac yeah. it's like a cultural thing There, it's a cast of black women and the way they like express themselves with the hair feels really organic and like mm-hmm. true to them but Rena it does feel like a white girl doing like drag and black woman cosplay where she's yeah. like I do a wig as well and it's like she names them which is very weird (laughs) yeah and she's like tonight i'm georgia it's like okay it's not it's like it was fun the first three times and now i'm like okay just change your hair just get a new hairstyle (laughs) honestly i think if margaret was able to get rid of the pigtails which were her signature (laughs) thing lisa when i can get rid of this fried bob that she has on her head Okay. So. Lisa Rinna, you you have twenty four hours to respond. <laughs> Period. <laughs> what's that? What's that meme where the, where the woman is like, "Trust you will be dealt with," and then someone off my camera goes, "Period." <laughs> That's what we sound like. <laughs> Lisa Rinna's wigs, you will be dealt with. <laughs> I'm dead. And the person off camera just goes, "Period." <laughs> I love, I do love that she is on top of the meme game. Like, Lisa Renna is probably one of the most, like, social media present housewives, if you think about it. Like, I see her on, like, Evan Ross Katz comments all the time. And in his DMs. Like, she is, like, I don't know how, I can't imagine where her inbox must look like every day. Like, people being like, fuck off, I hate you. And then, like, Mm -hmm. celebrities being like, tell me more about this season. Like, Uh and then, like, Twitter gays being like, hey, queen, come on my podcast. Like, how does she even (laughs) pick up her phone? I don't, like. There must be, like, five extra assistants just for her DMs, probably. God, oh my god, I can only imagine. And that's Beverly Hills had a good season and hopefully we'll have an even better one a show that like we've mentioned in passing but i'm just like just enjoying week on week no matter what they do is potomac i'm wondering what your journey with that has been did you join it from the start did you come on a bit later like i did and other viewers did like what do you make of potomac um i definitely didn't start from the beginning i remember being like great another black cast but at the time my housewives obsession wasn't as big so I was like, whatever, I watch Jersey, New York, Atlanta, and Beverly Hills. I'm good. I didn't even really religiously watch OC at the time. Um, mm. And then one of the boys I bonded over Housewives with and <laughs> ended up dating 
made me watch Potomac. And I was, it's one of the best things he left me with, actually. Um, <laughs> Sounds like an Adele song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, in the breakup. <laughs> Track six on Adele's album is about Potomac. <laughs> all I got was Potomac, which is a great gift, honestly. Um, yeah, Potomac started that way. I binged from season two to four, which is what was airing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was sold when Karen held a press conference to talk about... <laughs> all those rumors about tax evasion and stuff, I said to myself, like, this is the kind of theatrics every city should have. Um, And they're really underrated because Potomac is not a real city and people probably don't see it as, like, a contender. But Mm -hmm. to me, they're one of the best. And maybe because they have to prove themselves. So, yeah. I do think that's part of it that they kind of... It's weird, Potomac. Like, it's kind of spent the last two years having this real, like rise to prominence and they, they're they a great cast but um I, there's something about it where it feels like a different era of housewives and it feels like they're all still willing to prove something that yeah the other cities maybe it's because it's even though six seasons is by no means a small amount of seasons it's not 12 13 seasons and so mm-hmm. maybe it's just the nature of the beast they're all they're not doing it as long so there there's more in their lives that they want to share yeah Right. And they also didn't get hired as housewives. I Robin was like on the reel or something this week. And she was like, we each filmed for a random show. And then they told us they were naming it Real Housewives of Potomac. And I think them starting that way also meant they had more to prove for season two. Um, mm. But I love, I love it. And I'm so happy that like slowly, like people are catching on. Like Rihanna watches it. Nicki Minaj obviously watches it. And like, that's kind of bringing other people into it. The way that like, when I started with Atlanta, I was just like, okay, well, I love NeNe Leaks. I see these memes everywhere. Let me tune in. So I hope it ends up slowly over time building an audience. I think it will. And it's definitely done really well this year in the US. And I just, just anecdotally, I see so many people talking about it. And even... Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a little bit personally Dominique Minaj at the moment, but it is a moment that she's going to, like, just walk into the reunion. Like, that Agreed. is sort of a sign of, like, Agreed. the show's rise to prominence. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, honestly, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but, like, Donald Trump could have walked in there. I would watch that, you know? Like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that anybody other than Andy Cohen would show up to a reunion. What did you make of the Mia Candace stuff this season? Because I feel like, Candace wants to be the Kenya Moore of Potomac, but it doesn't always land the way it should. Like, it just comes off mean sometimes. Yeah. She doesn't know how to redeem herself. And I think that's, like, the difference between her and Kenya. Kenya will be mean. Mm -hmm. She'll give you the good one-liner, which sets off the other person she's fighting with. And then there's, like an arc where she sort of either solves the problem or then you start rooting for her, right? Like, there's never been a moment that I've rooted for Candace. Even when she got her ass beat. Like, (laughs) I don't believe in violence, but I wasn't rooting for Candace in that fight, Mm. you know? Like, in that conflict. The physical fight, of course. Like, no one wants to be physically assaulted, but I've never rooted for Candace. I like her on my TV. I think we'd have no show without her. Um, Mm. And like I said... She does the one-liner thing really well, right? Like, she knows how to give you a good confessional. Um, This season, when she was, like, coming down the driveway into um, Giselle's home, or construction site, I should say, (laughs) she was coming down the driveway, and I don't remember what she was saying, but it was just hilarious. The, like, sort of body comedy of it all, and then the things she was saying when she saw the construction site. She does that very well. And so does Kenya, right? But then... When it comes to the conflict aspect of it, she does shoot herself in the foot all the time. 
And so I don't know how much longer she can last doing this. Yeah, I'm really curious how the reunion plays out for her because it, it like last season, the reunion was kind of, we ended, we felt like we were sort of on her side just because, well, we were made, to, I don't know, like there was a sense that you should be on her side because mm-hmm. she had been attacked. But then now it's like, well, now you've just been an asshole for another season and it wasn't like, there was no physical altercation. You just pushed people too far. So we'll see. I do think Mia handled that well and has, has fit in well on the cast, yeah. which is not an easy feat when it's such a, like there's so many people who are on that cast who've been there since the start. Mm-hmm. So it can't be easy to go in and, and mix and match. She had, she definitely had a better season, a f- better first season than Wendy did last year. That's for sure. Mm, true. Yeah, she definitely, I think she showed, she was a little less reserved than Wendy was mm-hmm. the first season. And now Wendy's gone the other direction and she's like, titties out, ass out, like mm-hmm. trying to start fights all the time. It's yeah. super extreme. I love Wendy's glow up. I should say that. I love it. But I think that she has, like many others, um, I can think of Leah from New York as well, the sort of sophomore slump Mm. where I think they think, you know, they watch themselves for the first time on TV and they were like, hmm, I think I need to go harder. And now they've gone too hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's just such a fine line, I think, between like, like delivering more of what we loved the first time and also not mm-hmm. losing sight of what made you it's, it's i don't like i mean i can't imagine what it'd be like because i've never had to do it but it's it's wild watching it This podcast is sponsored by Hey You, which is the home of the Housewives. Every season and every episode of all of the Real Housewives is available to stream or download right now on Hey You. And it is the only place you will get new episodes the same day as the US. No spoilers here because we are getting stuck straight in thanks to HeyU. You can start a free trial now at HeyU.com. And after that, it's only $5.99 per month, which is like the price of a cup of coffee. And there's no commitments. You can cancel whenever you want. Everything you could need housewise-wise is on HeyU. Speaking of... I suppose new faces, and we have had a new city in the last years. Salt Lake City has joined the ranks. I mean, are you following that, and and what's your vibe with it? Yeah. So at this point, I mean, I've described that like it was very gradual over the last decade, but at this point, I watch all of them and some international ones. So yes, Mm. I do watch Salt Lake. Um, I'm actually having a Jen Shaw arrest viewing party this Sunday at my house. So I'm very involved and very invested in that story then, but actually more excited about the Mary stuff that's coming up. That seems so heavy and kind of hard to fathom that I'm like, how are they even going to tell it on the show? Like, there's just a lot of big things happening in Salt Lake City where people are going to have to pick a side. And it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you even know what side to be on? And I just love that Lisa Barlow is like, I will be murder, she wrote, and uh-huh. go deep on it. Like, it's yeah. just, it's it's a twist I did not see coming. Lisa Barlow, private investigator, but yeah. I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, I think, um, like I said earlier, it feels overproduced. The At least the the prelude to it this week, where um, the man is, like, talking to Meredith and telling her these cryptic things. Um, but again, I would rather that than a boring season. So... Let's go. Yeah. Let's buckle up for this ride. <laughs> I also think Lisa, who I don't think I'd ever be friends with in real life, is fully carrying the season on her back. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she's the villain, but she's also kind of driving the story. She's kind of oddly likable, but she's also clearly like a high school mean girl. Like, she's yes. kind of got these... It, what's that quote inside you there are two wolves I feel no pun intended for her children's <laughs> business but like I feel like inside Lisa there's like three wolves yeah. at least because she just has a lot of yeah 
She's had a lot of sides to her for someone who I don't think is probably that deep of a person. Right. No, <laughs> you know right. I mean? Right. No, but she's <laughs> she is a producer's dream and a viewer's dream, to be honest, because without her, we're on episode nine now, right? Like, we would have had to forward to Jen's arrest by episode four because she's created so much shit in nine episodes, you know? Like, that's who I... I think those are the housewives we need. Lisa Barlow, yeah, yeah. at least one, you know, <laughs> in each cast. Hi, baby gorgeous. Um, I'm really disappointed in Whitney because she is um, a liar. I mean, she said to Whitney, what, what are you doing here? It's just like, okay, you can stay. Lisa, like, that's the kind of bold, boldly mean thing uh-huh. I need a housewife to do every, yeah. every couple episodes. Oh, my God. And the, the restaurant thing with the woman, the, the server who came, I was... I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Whitney being like, this is so staged. He's like, I would never. She, this is her restaurant. <laughs> just, the more she explained it, the worse it got. I was like, oh, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa, yeah. Lisa, Lisa. That's the good thing about this cast, though. I think, like, so there should always be a Lisa, right? Like, I just said there should always be a Lisa in every mm-hmm. cast. I think maybe Lisa Renna is the one in Beverly Hills, but... Um, yeah. I think they're, the good thing about this cast is you have two women who are always on the verge of crisis. Like, they act like their entire life is a crisis. Um, Mary and Jen. <laughs> like, they're one headache away from becoming, like, Joe Goldberg. They're... <laughs> everything that happens to them is bad, right? So you need two of those. You need Elisa Barlow. And then the rest of the women can just be, like, really funny and react to these people. And then you have Salt Lake City, which is... One of the best two seasons so far, at least, that we've seen in forever. Yeah, no, it stands out. Um, I want to actually, I do want to talk about international franchises, but first, you, when I was emailing you about coming on, you insisted that we discuss New York, which is so funny because even though it's been off the air for a while, it's kind of come up in every interview I've done in the last while because people mm-hmm. are just, I think, still so invested in it, rightly or wrongly. So, yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on New York and what we saw this season and maybe what? might come in seasons to come later down the line. I uh, you're gonna have to like really cut me off because I can talk about this forever. <laughs> I it's a super size edition. <laughs> so mad about what happened uh with the end of this season. Like I think at the beginning, as a viewer, sure, I was like, wow, this is really stressful to watch, especially as a black person. Like it was triggering at times. And then when it wasn't triggering, I felt like it was being drawn out. I'm not blaming Ebony at all, right, for bringing race into the show. I think she was just trying to connect with these women. And if these women deny her humanity, how is she supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what I think about that. But it did feel like the perfect combination for this to be a bad season. Ebony was thrown into the wolf's den with really unvetted white women who even the good ones were being sort of anti-black to her. Like when Heather told her she was eloquent or whatever. Um, But then you have the COVID situation in New York City. So how could they even, how could we have a distraction from that happening to Ebony when like they were having to film in Salem, Massachusetts? Like, can you imagine a more (laughs) boring place to go with your friends? And they were there forever as well. I feel like every trip they went on got dragged out because they had nothing else going on. I was like, I feel like I've been in Salem for a hundred years. Because they couldn't film in New York. And again, no backyards, right? Like no backyards to use, no big homes. You know, it's 
really frustrating to me. But what's really, really, really frustrating now is the way that they've dealt with the reunion. Um, yeah. As if things weren't bad enough, you are now going to, and I'm talking to like the powers that be, because I know this has nothing to do with the wives. You're now going to let Luann and Ramona and possibly Heather, if she was going to show up, get away with this terrible behavior being forgotten. Particularly Ramona, who's going to be on Ultimate Girls Trip, right? And like they probably don't want us to hate Ramona more than we already do, because um, they've invested money onto this spinoff. But to me, that's such a cop-out. Like, y'all came out and said that you were going to be more diverse and more intentional with being educational about these things. And then you're going to cop-out like this? Um, it's really frustrating. I kind of got the impression the reunion didn't happen. Now, and obviously, I don't know any more than you do, but, like, for sure, one, it was to protect certain cast members. And I also think they freaked out that the reunion was going to be about the show in too much. Like, it was going to be, well, actually, you told production, and I heard this in page six, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to break the fourth wall. But I'm like, to be honest, a lot of the stuff that went down in the press after the show was, to me, as hard as some of it was to read, and it did feel mm-hmm. like you know, the stuff that was put out about Ebony felt so like such a hit job. I was like, this is really shameless. Mm-hmm. That That is a messy, horrible thing to happen. Was 10 times more interesting than half the stuff that happened on the show. So I'm like, well, actually, I do want to get into who the source of the Daily Mail hit piece was. Right. Like I, as a viewer, would rather explore this over three, hell, even four episodes. Right. Or even just two. Right. Than like, mm, no, we're just not going to do a reunion. It's like, okay. Right. But apparently all the women did kind of throw themselves to every corner of the globe to avoid filming it which is hilarious because apparently they lose money per episode so like they would have lost money not doing a reunion so i've also heard the theory that they want for this to be part of season 14 like they want okay. the drama about the daily mail articles and whatever you know all this stuff that's happened after the show wrapped to be part of the new season so they didn't want to waste it on a reunion that would not have gotten viewership anyway because the season was so low rated so Mm. i don't know to me like it's just a lot of things but that particularly is upsetting like we as viewers in general but i think black viewers were really triggered by what was happening on the show and the public response to it um Mm. people don't want to acknowledge this but like it's not candace it's not kelly dodd like ebony was like very hated i think she was the most hated person this year by like general white america who watches the show um so it was hard to like root for her right and like scroll through comments on social media and see that everyone was like she's angry and she's this and like all these like coded anti-black opinions yeah for sure and it felt i just do think they did her so dirty and that like by all means let's have the serious conversation but because you've added her onto a small cast in COVID, it's like as you said you don't even get the kind of the light and shade of her also going to do things like proper trips and like you know it just felt Mm -hmm. like the show got really stuck in one story arc that was a heavy ebony didn't get a chance to show like because my whole thing is like when any any whenever anybody from like a marginalized group or like you know a minority group is on a show a mainstream show i'm like absolutely discuss their identity that like whether it's trans performers on drag race Mm -hmm. or you know black women on mainly white casts on housewife shows by all means discuss their identity and who they are but you have to let them have a 360 portrayal and like when you think of the times where it's worked even as imperfect as Beverly Hills was and how they treated Garcelle, I feel like Garcelle got to show all the sides of her and have 
the difficult conversations and also have fun shade and go on trips and do things. And then with Ebony, it just felt like the show was not well produced enough to give her a depth. Even like, to be fair, the storyline about her dad obviously felt a little bit, you mentioned overproduced. That felt a bit like we need something. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, you've done this person such mm -hmm. an injustice. That was production throwing her a bone. Being like, shit, we can't have the first Black Real Housewife of New York only talk about race, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also Mm -hmm. don't think it was production mainly. Like, the only reason it worked in Beverly Hills was that if you think about that scene where Kyle and Garcelle went to get um, lunch and she brought up the thing about the charity and her not paying or whatever, and Mm -hmm. how it was a microaggression to say that Black people don't pay for things... Kyle was like, oh my God, you're right. I never thought of that. If Ramona, Luann, et cetera, had been that self-reflective and listened to this Black person, we would have had two episodes of race conversations at most. Do you see what I mean? Like The reason that this didn't carry on in Beverly Hills is that I think Kyle and the rest of the women are less racist, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it's true. I, that was my issue too, As particularly when they went to the Salem trip, when Ramona just got up and made a big deal. And I'm like, if you just sat and had this conversation, we could all move on. And then Ebony wouldn't have to feel like mm-hmm. she's like, you know, I don't know, I can't even think of the metaphor, but we didn't feel like she had to like keep prodding at this topic because she doesn't want to dwell in it that much either. And right. it just, I mean, in a way, it speaks a lot to the character of these women that, that we kind of knew but like it's also just from a production and viewer point of view it's just like oh my god just like have the awkward conversation or say even just cynically be like that is such a good point i'd never thought of it that way i will take that on board mm-hmm. even if you don't want to you know talk about white supremacy and have a difficult conversation about your right. political leanings it's like i'm like surely on a cynical level you would just want this conversation to like have a button on it for now I, it just that's kind of why I'm not like, I mean, I do agree. I think Ramona has crossed a, the line a lot. That's also why I'm a bit sick of her on the show because I'm like, she's not even able to move story along. No. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do racist shit, can you at least, like, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> also get, like, help it be a story arc and wrap it up? <laughs> well, to me, like I said earlier, you need people who are like, you need women who are sort of like on the verge of crisis and who are narcissists and who are going to, you know, create conflict in this way. But she crosses that line, right? Like, there's always a redeemable two or three episodes later moment with these other narcissistic people. She, <laughs> yeah. She's just like a hamster wheel of an egomaniac. <laughs> and we it was fine when you had people like Bethany or even Cindy in season four, like fully give it to her. But Ebony's going to lose because this isn't about her narcissism per se. It's about white supremacy. So like, you know, it's just... Don't put Ebony in that situation. I really hope she doesn't come back next year. Um, so yeah, for me, like one of the main issues is that like there's a lot of racism that can, I guess, be like subvert and subconscious. But to me, the angry black woman stereotype in 2021 is like premeditatedly evil. So for Ramona to have spearheaded that, like, because I think Luann obviously took part in it, but I think it was Ramona mainly. I just think it's like unforgivable and I don't think we should allow her back on our screens and not just that, but like, what else does she have to give us? She's given, she's 13 years of like, again, this hamster wheel of like being an egomaniac. She can go. There's nothing else that she can do for us. Yeah. It's so hard to know. And I do wonder, are they banking on us seeing her on the girls trip thing and be like, Oh, that's the Ramona I love. I mean, 
I just want to see Kenya Moore bully her. Like, that's where I am. <laughs> yes, that's going to be really great, actually. But I think it they, it could also be marketed as Ramona's last hurrah for whoever yeah. whoever is still her fan. Um, you know. <laughs> fan. Yeah. Fan singular. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because I don't know anybody who likes her. <laughs> Let's get into the international realm of Housewivesian goodness. Yeah. So obviously the moment Melbourne has finally returned. I watched two episodes of the new season this week because I was a bit behind. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I do miss Gina and I do miss lovable idiot Lydia, but I really <laughs> am, I'm finding myself enjoying it more than I thought it would. Like, yeah. it, I am glad to have it back. Yeah, no, yeah, same. I waited for that for so long. I was... Mm-hmm. always like checking news on it because it was what three years that it was gone yeah a good three years maybe four years yeah. yeah that's wild i don't think any anything other than miami has had that big of a gap um i love the new girls i am a fan of a cast revamp if i were andy cohen the way to keep stories fresh would be to do a revamp at least every two seasons yeah they start to get afraid of it and it's like i get it you've got people who are here a long time but like some of them really start to get too comfortable if they're there on too long. Absolutely. Like Dorit or Arena or, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many. And if Erica didn't have these legal issues, she what would she have brought to the table, you know? So yeah. I do feel that revamps are good. Every city that's done them has benefited from them. New York in season five, like we got Aviva and Carol um, and Heather, all who were great additions. I don't know. Like, I do feel that Melbourne is particularly good at the remap because they're acknowledging that they don't know each other. Yes. And also even Janet and Kyla's thing is like, I knew her when. And the implications, she, Janet is basically saying constantly, oh, you're lying. AKA you're showing this side on camera when you should uh-huh. like, like they're talking about the show in a roundabout way. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of breaking the fourth wall. Like Janet is actively, she keeps calling them the new girls. Um, which is something yeah. we do as viewers, but she's not supposed to. And I kind of love that. Like, let's not pretend. Why are we? And she's doing that total housewives trope of like, I've been here since day one. Mm-hmm. Get off my patch thing. Like, which yeah. is mean spirited, but it is fun to watch because yeah. just seeing how annoyed she is at these new women is is TV gold. Yeah, exactly. And I love Janet is one of my favorite housewives of all time. She has my favorite tagline ever. She's just like a <laughs> genius, I think. Um, I've uh, received uh, cameos from Janet before because people know this about <laughs> me. Um, so yeah, like I love Melbourne so much and I'm really excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, same. And I think in a weird way, even if this season ends up feeling a bit less explosive than once past, they needed to come back and reset so that we could have a comeback more regularly in the future because whatever was coming after three or four years was going to feel a bit weird anyway mm-hmm. because it's unheard of, as you say, for most of these shows to be off air that long, although that's changing slightly with New York and OC and all that. Are there other international shows that you've dipped into? I know, I mean, for me, I think Vancouver is one of the strongest ones. Yeah, I recently, during the quarantine, my roommate told me we had to go and watch Vancouver. So I did that. I did season one of that. Very interesting, but like I didn't keep going because I couldn't find like old links to it. The other one is I saw Cheshire for like, Three episodes, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting, but also not captivating enough. I do love, there's this woman on there. Her name is Esther, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. She has a tagline that I truly, I just, I think more taglines should be 
um, tongue-in-cheek this way. And her tagline was like, I went from rags to riches, but now I'm surrounded by bitches. <laughs> so I remember oh, that. You know, it wasn't a very impactful three episodes, but that is in my brain forever. Um, I don't know. There's one tagline on Cheshire. It might be the same person. <laughs> one, one of them just goes, a lot of people want to be me. I am me. <laughs> that, <laughs> I always think of. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I am me. And it's also, it's, it sounds good in a Northern English accent. Too. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, there's a How's I Show coming back soon that I actually have seen you tweet about over the years because one of the ones I've never really watched <laughs> yeah. at all, but it, it makes me think of you, is Miami, which yeah. is finally returning, I believe, in December. Yes. So, like, why are you a Miami fan? And for those of us who maybe haven't gotten aboard are going to watch the new reboot or the new season or whatever, uh-huh. like, what should we be looking out for? Um, it's so funny to me that in the 10 years we followed each other on social media, you remember. <laughs> I do. <laughs> my please. I would literally, I never at celebrities. I think it's so cheesy to try to talk to celebrities. I at Andy Cohen daily asking for this reboot. Like, I'm not fucking joking. To me, Real Houses of Miami Season two is the best consecutive 15 episodes of A Real Housewife ever. Wow. And I, and you know, we've discussed, I watched them all. So this is really hard to say, but like out of the gate, it is just so wild. And they condensed it into just actually 13 episodes and then two parts of a reunion, if I'm not mistaken. And there is a party from episodes seven through nine that takes up the entire episodes. Like it is so long and so much happens at this party that we just don't leave. It feels like a bottle episode almost. Yeah, I think I've seen that. They're in like a hallway at one point and then they're in a the kitchen. Yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time a housewife got physical with, with another housewife. Yeah, Adriana punched Joanna in the face. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and it's just full of really good one-liners. Like my friends and I at the time couldn't stop quoting on my back. It's the funniest. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. You know. On my back? <laughs> she's done all her best work on her back. On my back. Truly, season two, right? Like, there's only been three. But season two was mm-hmm. so promising to me that I just couldn't fathom. It was unconscionable to me how they could cancel it. But um, I'm really fucking happy it's coming back. Yeah, I think it's coming at a nice time. If it's, if, if it's coming in December, like it has been rumored, you know, I think we need somewhere hot and sunny and kind of like vacation-y looking at that time of year. So I'm like, already yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to try this out. Yeah. You honestly, if you want to go back, season one is seven episodes. It's not really that great. Um, they had also filmed it as another re- show. It wasn't supposed to be a housewife show. Yes. Season two, like I said, amazing. There's so many good storylines. There's a storyline about one of the boyfriends of one of the housewives texting, an- sexting actually, another. And then like they see each other at parties and he ignores the one he's sexting. Very <gasps> fun to watch. Um, there's Mama Elsa, of course, who's an icon. Rest in peace. Yeah. There's this lingerie party, which spans all those episodes. Joe Francis is part of the drama from <laughs> Girls Gone Wild. Oh. Yeah. Um, one of the housewives finds emails of her boyfriend cheating on her with someone else. Um, Jesus. The list goes on. It's really fucking great. So <laughs> the list goes on. That's a great way of being like, I'm not going to ruin the rest of it for you. <laughs> no, really. Like it's 15 episodes of greatness and the other women should take notes, honestly. Damn. Okay. Challenge accepted. That has to go up the watch list. Um, as a devoted housewives viewer i i think you're gonna 
go hard on this one. What would your housewife's tagline be? Oh my God. I can't pick just one. I have a whole like note file on my phone of like both drag name <laughs> and housewife taglines. Like as I think them, I just go, let me add this to the repertoire. I do. I think like the one that I most identify with because I am kind of a pot stirrer is, um, <laughs> you know, like a fun one, right? Like I'm not Lisa right now, but I'll give you a good show if I'm on a reality show. Um, I love, I may not be a good cook, but I can always stir the pot. (laughs) That's good. That is good. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably the one I would choose. But I love, you know what I love about taglines? Like sometimes they can be funny, like these Cheshire ones that we just discussed, or they can be like Mm -hmm. very literal, which doesn't feel as fun. Sometimes they're just like, I have a business and I'm on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm on the show with my business. And it's like, okay, right. I get it. But that did, that's right. not very memorable. Or like Kyle, in this town, I'm in the town. <laughs> I mean, I have a bunch. I also love um, when people say they don't fuck with me. It's often because they can't. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. And actually, even if they did it on the show with the, with the beep in it, I think it will be fun. Right? I agree. Yeah, that that's kind of iconic. You're like, yeah, I agree. I'm like, of course you do. It's your tagline. <laughs> they all you're you're <laughs> they have sound effects all the time on them. Like, have you heard Lisa's this year? Like how they're it like it's sort of distorted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to love me. I love myself enough for the both of us. Right. So, okay. It sounds like it was recorded like when she was out on a phone call or something. Yeah. And like they sped up the last half. It's very weird. So they could deal with a bleep. <laughs> they could bleep me out. Why not? Okay. Those are strong options. Um, Have you had any run-ins or sightings or social media interactions with any of the housewives? Yes. Two years ago, I was walking down Broadway and I'm like a very direct looking up ahead walker so i don't really look at my surroundings a lot which is probably dangerous but um also a coping mechanism for like homophobia in the city (laughs) um Mm -hmm, fair um so i had my headphones on very much looking straight ahead and there's a person who i can see out of the corner of my eye for like three blocks if someone is out of the corner of your eye in new york for three blocks you start wondering if they're following you right Mm -hmm. um and Eventually, I slow down to see if they pass me. And when I do that, it's Bethany Frankel. Fully, I pause my music to hear what she's saying because she's on the phone. Fully cursing someone out on a phone call. Like, fully going ham. Just as you'd expect. Like, fully manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I just couldn't. I just stood there and let her walk past me because if I followed her, then she'd notice. Um, That's one of my favorite run-ins. But I see Bershawn all the time in Harlem. Really? Oh my god, yeah. that's so funny. And like, and was that just when you say you see her all the time? Like, did you even know who she was before the show or anything? I didn't. But now that we like the moment I found out she was going to be on it, I looked her up and I saw her once. I remembered her face and I saw her once, and then it kept happening as the show aired, like as she was on it. That's so funny. It's like maybe before you knew who she was in the show, she was like passing you in the street all the time. Possibly, yeah. She clearly <laughs> oh god, lives that's... nearby. Like I think she lives in Harlem. If she ever came back on the show and you befriended her, you could probably end up on, on Housewives is what I'm saying. I have a fuck buddy <laughs> who's friends with her. See? I, oh, listen, perfect. It's yeah. A, it's a New York story. It's a New York story. Yeah. And so this fuck buddy's friend who is how he knows Bershawn, was in the Black Shabbat episode. Like, he's in the show. Wow. And I was oh I was I mean, always like, damn, too bad. Like, I don't really like you anymore. How are we going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, cool. Well, just if Bershawn's interested, you can let me know. <laughs> right. I'll come over and have sex with you one more time if she's at your house. <laughs> 
can you remember? So Bethany was on the phone. So you feel like she was probably like just behind you walking as fast as you were basically. Uh-huh. And you decided, okay, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. She walks at the speed of a gay man. Why yeah. No, yeah. And it's, it was very, <laughs> the run-in was so on brand. Like, of course she was having a meltdown on the phone with someone. Of course she was <laughs> bossing someone around, you know? Like, I think it was a business call maybe. From what I remember, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was like her cursing out a guy she was dating or something. Okay. Yeah, it was one of my favorite cele- celebrity run-ins altogether. Like, I've bumped into other celebrities in New York, but that takes the cake. Speaking of run-ins and, and housewives and stuff, this is a question that I love throwing out there. Um, you're having a dinner party tomorrow. You can invite five people from housewives, obviously main cast, friends of, whoever. Mm-hmm. Who's coming over and why? Oof, that's tough. I mm. definitely Mary Cosby. She oh. would just, yeah, she is deranged. I want... <laughs> To pick her brain. I love Dolores from Jersey. She's a really good neutral. She's she's like a neutral who will get yeah. buck if she needs to, right? Yes, yeah. And that's and it's good to know that like that's there if you need it, but she doesn't lead with that. Yeah. Like she'd help me if things got out of hand, type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what did you call him? <laughs> yeah. I feel like she'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, very that. Very that. Um, okay, so you said five, right? Yeah, so you've had two. This is crazy, but Bronwyn from OC gets a lot of shit. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, and like, I would want to pick her brain about why, first of all, why did you take a camera crew to a Black Lives Matter protest? And also, like, what it's like being a liberal in OC. Because I I think none of those women were. So Mm. I would want to talk to her about that. I guess, you know, do I want to have a fun dinner party and, like, act like these are my friends? Or do I want to ask them about the show? Because I'm basically going for the latter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it was a fun house party, just the Atlanta woman, to be honest with you. And if you're picking, so we've had three so far. So if you're picking brains, like, who are two other housewives that you would want to kind of grill about the show, like, at this imaginary dinner party? Taylor Armstrong, to ask her about that season two stuff with her husband, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And then, you know, kind of to be expected, but Ebony, like, I want to know, what? other racist shit happened that we didn't get to see because if this is what we got to see i know yeah. there's shit that they didn't show yeah and there has been stories lately of like things that went down that we didn't see or maybe off camera stuff so mm-hmm. i think there's probably a treasure trove of stories that ebony yeah sadly could tell us right right which is why she needs to come back and just have a season free of all that stuff i know that you kind of like you've watched most of the shows now and you've gotten up to speed on most things. Like in terms of your Real Housewives viewing journey, is there a show that you're excited to come back or one that you're excited to revisit in the coming months? Definitely Miami. (laughs) We've already talked about this. I can't wait to see um, the first like openly married lesbian housewife who's like got a full family, children with a woman. Um, That's really exciting. Um, yeah, I think that is my main thing. But I am curious about OC, about this, like, quote-unquote reboot that they did. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens. Kelly Dodd was, like, doing some interview a few weeks ago, and, like, I don't follow this person. She is a cockroach. But this Housewives <laughs> um, Instagram page that I follow posted that she said that um, one of the newbies is really fatphobic to Gina. Sorry, not Gina, um, Emily. Yeah. And that there's like a, a big storyline about that because she tells her in a, during a fight to eat another cheeseburger or something, which of course Kelly enjoys because that's what she did to Shannon. But I'm curious to see how that's going to unfold. 
and if if the OC women are going to rally behind Emily or or sort of overlook it. Yeah, and I'm just I am curious about Heather's return to the group and what that will do to the mm-hmm. dynamics because in a way they haven't had a group dynamic really for a while because the show has been so fractured, but by the same token when someone with that kind of energy comes back, mm-hmm. it does sort of rattle all the people who are around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in the future, yeah, I think Miami is my main goal right like i have this fantasy that like it won't be released on peacock weekly and that we can binge it but it probably won't be true no i think it's gonna be weekly but i am i i do want you to do a follow-up tweet to andy when at the day premieres and go thank you for listening yeah. <laughs> or like yeah I'll do- <laughs> just a, just to follow up thanks so much <laughs> i'll do like a like a quote tweet thread of all the old tweets and be like, thank you. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but that would be funny. Yeah, those are my two. And Jersey. I love Jersey. Yeah, I think Jersey's going to be next year, but I am excited for that to come They've back. They've talked a lot about Jersey. Like, those women have done a lot of interviews and said that, like, this season makes the table flip look boring. I'm like, okay, that's like fighting words. Because, you know, the show has been good for a while, but yeah. I don't think anyone would have said, oh, forget the table flip until now. So that's... yeah. Hopefully it lives up to the promise that they're referring to. Yeah, I mean, I believe in them. They're pretty wild. They're also very underrated. Like, I know that they're a staple, but, like, people think of Beverly Hills and New York and Atlanta more than they think of Jersey. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I also fell off of Jersey and just this summer really fully caught up. And, Mm. yeah, they won this year. I think they had the best COVID season of them all. So I really believe in them. Partly because they acted like COVID didn't exist. At times I was like, (laughs) I was like, if you told me this was filmed in 2019, I would have believed you. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, they did not need backyards, baby. They had, New Jersey (laughs) was Florida, basically. Right. I was going to say, like, it did, it to me as a non-American viewer, I was like, I think I'm learning something about Jersey's approach to the pandemic through this show. Yeah, they definitely have better PR than Florida because no one sort of, no one blamed them for this. But to me... They were worse. Before we wrap up, where can people find you online? And tell us about this podcast that you're working on. I know it's going to be out soon. Yeah. Um, so as I just said, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, it became way too toxic. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. on Instagram, which feels easier to navigate. Um, it's my name, Saniel, S-A-N-N-I-E-L. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it other than to like browse this um, housewives group, Whispering Aileen's, which is... Truly a gift, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, the people there are just as deranged. I've never heard someone mention their Facebook on here. <laughs> never, no one's ever said, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I, I only have Instagram. Technically, I only have No, I get have it, Instagram. yeah. Like, that's the only <laughs> point. that you're like, y'all can find me on Facebook. Essentially, um, this it's... <laughs> is more a shout out to Whispering Aileen's, which is the only reason I haven't deleted my Facebook. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> they have the tea before anybody does. There's like something crazy, like 32,000 followers or something. Um, Jesus. Okay. Even production is in there. Like Leanne Locken used to be a member. Jesus. Like people are there, right? Like it's invite only. Um, it's this whole thing. So when you ask me about social media, I think like, yeah, I only have Instagram, but I'm still on Facebook for this group. <laughs> um, oh. I love the house like <laughs> so much. I'm still supporting Mark Zuckerberg because of that. Listen, so. that shows you your, your dedication. And yeah. so the podcast you said is called We're Trying. So that's coming out later this year, maybe? Um, so at the top of next year, yeah. We are oh. almost done with pre-planning stuff. But the format is just going to be me and my friend Ricardo uh, complaining about the world and pop culture, right? Like, 
just what we needed. Two other faggots thinking that their opinions matter. <laughs> so look out for that. Um, <laughs> so that's a new thing in pop culture podcasting that no one's done. Yeah. So look out for that. Yeah. Two very uninteresting people sharing their <laughs> angle on current events. So can't wait to do that for y'all. Exci- well, I'm personally, I'm excited here. And I have to say, your Instagram is like... I know you're not like an Instagram diva who's like, you know, like an Instagram model or whatever, but like you have such a good eye and such good taste. Like your Instagram is so well laid out, even on stories. I'm like, how the fuck are your like night out videos from your stories so well shot and presented? Like you could teach the rest of us a thing or two. Oh, thank you. I'm unemployed right now and I'm wondering what I'm going to do as a career change. Maybe I should teach people how to run their Instagrams. Maybe I should be one of those girls. I think you could be like a consultant for sure because even your grid, I was like, I, this is so well laid. Like, this is nicer than all these people who have 100,000 followers and are like Instagram models. I'm like, listen. Thank you. There's Connor. money. You could work with a housewife. You could do Bersh- You could do Bershawn social oh, media. She needs the help. She keeps face tuning <laughs> the shit out of her photos. It's painful. <laughs> Just stop her in the streets in Harlem and be like, I'm so sorry yeah. to do this, but I, I had to say something. Honestly, <laughs> next time I see her at the bodega, I'm definitely going to ask her why her nose looks that way in her photos. I'm going to go, what does Bershawn get in the bodega when she's in there? Probably a chopped cheese, I think. Okay, okay. It's a very standard sort of Harlem order. <laughs> do you know what that is? Is it like kind of a sandwich or not? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. It's like me guessing the Irish person be like, is that a sandwich? That's why I asked you. it's like okay you can hang you know what a chopped cheese is like i fully just guessed yeah okay well we'll keep an eye out for you and brishan's uh team up but until (laughs) then sanyel thank you very much for coming on housewives and me thank you for having me connor that was Sanyel Sanabia here on Housewives and Me. You can keep an eye out for his podcast. It's called We're Trying. It's coming out at the start of next year. And I'll put links to where you can follow Sanyel on Instagram in the show notes for this episode. And of course, the podcast is on Instagram and Twitter too. At Housewives and Me is where you'll find it. And if you'd like to follow me, it's Connor Bean is where you'll get me on Instagram and Twitter as well. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. This podcast is sponsored by Hey You, which is the home of the Housewives with all episodes and all seasons of The Real Housewives available to watch whenever you like over on Hey You. You can even start a free trial right now if you head to heyyou.com. And after that, it is only $5.99 a month, which is like the price of a coffee with no commitments. You can cancel whenever you want. December is here. And if you're feeling like you need some festive vibes, Hey You has your back. For the first time ever, I'm so excited about this, we have a new Christmas movie inspired by the Housewives franchise and starring Kyle Richards, of course, of Housewives of Beverly Hills, the real Housewives of the North Pole. I can't, I can't. I've heard great things about this. I've heard about it. I think they filmed it in Salt Lake City, which is sort of a Housewives crossover too. Very excited to watch that. It will be exclusively on Hey You from Friday the 10th of December, getting you in the festive spirit. And if you just need more new Housewives in December, okay, I'm excited to tell you this. The Real Housewives of Orange County return to Hey You from Thursday the 2nd of December with Heather Dubrow in the mix. That's going to be amazing. And, and finally, after years of waiting, The Real Housewives of Miami are returning. I want the heat from the Miami Housewives to lift my spirits this December. It is all happening on Hey You. Check out heyyou.com now for your free trial. And after that, it's only $5.99 a month.